0: to episode one of the Marketing Development Podcast. My name's Pete Everett and today you're going to join a conversation between myself and an old colleague of mine and current client of mine, Rob White. Rob is the National Marketing Manager for Superior Spars, a hot tub company here in the UK. He has experience working for both global brands, uh, national brands and in agencies as well and really has some great value to offer through his experiences throughout his career. Before we get to Rob, please don't forget to join our Facebook group at peteverett.com forward slash group, and we'd love to see you in the community. Now, on with the show. Welcome to episode number one of the Marketing Development Podcast, and I'm sat here in a room with me old mucker, Rob White. How are you doing?
1: Hi Pete, how are you? I'm
0: very well, thank you, very well. Rob and I are are mates, and um, uh, also Rob's a client of mine. And we, well, our story goes back a little way, doesn't it, mate? Because we, um, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: I I employed Rob at an old marketing agency that we both used to work at, and we both moved on from there onto newer and brighter things, but bigger um, and better things, bigger and better things indeed. So he seemed like a very good candidate to be episode one of the Marketing Development Podcast. So Rob, would you just like to introduce yourselves to the boys and girls listening at home?
1: Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thanks for having me on the show, Pete. So as Pete said, my name's Rob. My background has always been in digital marketing, mainly through uh, agency work. So as Pete said, both Pete and I worked at, a, uh, at a, an agency where I had the, uh, the pleasure of, uh, of having Pete as my boss. Uh, for, for quite a while, um, <laughs> which, was, which was good. Um, I, I do hasten to add Rob didn't leave because of me. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't. <laughs> so yeah, my, my background's always been mainly through agency, uh, agency work. So uh, when both both myself, well, both Pete and I got, to, uh, got together working, my, uh, my background had been head of digital for a global IT solution provider. Uh, online marketing specialist for another marketing agency, uh, and now again we're joined back together as uh, as I'm the marketing manager for Superior Spas.
0: Not joined together in a Siamese kind of way because that that would be quite odd. That would be odd. That would be very odd. So yeah, so so. Really, the reason I thought you'd be a good candidate for episode one was just because you've had that mix of experience. So mm. working at the, uh, the gl- from a global company, sort of where it's uh, one massive company with lots of different facets to it, then moving to an agency, which is, that's obviously my entire experience, but working in an environment where there's multiple clients with multiple messages, multiple demands all of the time, and then moving on to a group which is where you are. So actually, maybe it's worth you just explaining a little bit about how Superior Spars works because you're the group marketing manager here, aren't you?
1: Yes, that's right, yeah. So Superior Spas are the UK's largest hot tub distribution company. Uh, so we have around 80 dealers across the UK that uh, sell products, uh, and then probably another 15 across Europe as well. So under the sort of Superior Spars umbrella, if you like to call it that, we've got different retail sides of the the organisation and then we've got different trade sides of the organisation as well. So, targeting hot tub dealerships, and then also targeting targeting consumers who are looking to purchase hot tubs. And that's a, a variety of different different demographics and different consumers that we we um, we look to target. So it could be uh, a, a customer who suffers quite badly from a disability, uh, such as fibromyalgia or spina bifida. Where things like hydrotherapy and the warm, relaxing muscles, uh, warm, relaxing water and jets combat the the muscular pain that they have, uh, and compared to uh, a typical family who are just looking to to buy a hot tub because they've had one uh, at a holiday lodge, as an example, so our demographics varied, and though the marketing messages that we push out to those people has to be has to be unique, and I think one of the reasons why why we wanted to work with Pete is because we've had experience of building those different demographics and by personas and making sure that we're pushing, pushing the right messages out to those people more effectively.
0: There's, there's a challenge there as well, isn't there? Because with, with looking at some of the medical sides of what you do or what you can do with hot tubs, there's obviously a lot of legislation. There's things you can say, can't say. You've got to position yourselves as Literally as that trusted advisor
1: type role, haven't you? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think the difficulty that we've got, especially like you said, when it comes to to medical um, customers who've got medical conditions, hot tubs aren't seen as uh, almost like they're not not regulated by the medical authorities. But a lot of customers do say that hydrotherapy is do, does help combat the pain. And a lot of professionals such as physiotherapists and chiropractors and uh, osteopaths do say that, again, hydrotherapy is, is a great way of targeting that pain. So even though it's not set in stone or not actually regulated by the medical professionals out there in the UK, we still think that we do offer a very, very good product that that our customers do enjoy at a very, very good price as well.
0: Cool. You have to let me know if you get any sales of hot tubs through the podcast. That that would be that's completely unintentional. Oh no, absolutely. <laughs> Anybody listening that wants to buy a hot tub, give me a call. Give me a call. I'll, uh, for 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 the sake of full disclosure, uh, I am not. Uh, I don't have any affiliate or commissioning agreements with Rob in place yet. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so just moving on from that, then you've, uh, as we said, you've you've had uh, experience working with uh, like a single brand, but on a global scale. Sure. You've had experience working through um, an agency with multiple brands and multiple messages, and yeah. now you're working in a position where you've got um, multiple brands with different target audiences, but actually, it's kind—you of, know—it's one—it's one unified message that's coming from. You know, you're all about quality. You're all about Absolutely. customer service. You're all about—you uh, know—the the the quality service that you give to the customer. Yeah. So. Well, can you sort of describe or talk us through any of the changes, similarities? The you know uh, any are there any parts of your previous experience you're drawing upon in your current role, or
1: is it completely different each time and uh, all of that kind of stuff? It's a fantastic question, Pete. I think that even though it's a different sector and a different industry, I mean, compared to my previous experience, I think you're always going to have elements of marketing that that do remain the same. So the the industry experience that you have around things like search engine optimization, pay-per-click, social media, blogging, content writing, affiliate marketing, all of those different sort of mediums that, that are available to businesses. I think once you have the the right knowledge around those, I think all it is is finding the, the right audience to target and making sure that you're using the, the skills that, that you've learned over, over those years working within an agency to to work to your advantage. I think there are there are certain similarities between working for a, a global IT company as an example compared to working with working with superior spas. Um, again not everybody in different countries is going to liaise and uh, and engage with the same content, so it has to be unique, it has to be individual to that specific demographic and I think that's one of the things that I I found fascinating from working working with an agency, just looking at all of those different mediums and, and understanding how not everybody engages with the same thing and how you do have to be unique and how you do have to move with the times. I think that's, that's massively important for marketing now. I think there's so many agencies out there that customers are paying money to and they're saying that we're doing SEO and we're doing pay-per-click and we're doing social media and content marketing but what does it really mean? How do you know that they're doing a decent job for you? How do you know that they're actually reaching your, your ideal target market and demographic? I think there's so many sort of misconceptions around those particular marketing avenues that a lot of customers get confused and a lot of customers are spending money on marketing for no real no real benefit.
0: So just, just- thinking about that then, obviously I know I know we work together, so I'm kind of asking a bit of a rhetorical question, I suppose. But mm. what what are the things then that that you think are a good thing for somebody who's in your position, employed as a marketeer in a in a company, working with an external agency? What are the things that you uh, potentially do, the the um, the sort of workflow you have to get the most out of your agency? Obviously, I know what you do because I work with you, but nobody yeah. else listening does.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's another great question, Pete. I think that the first thing is understanding what you're actually signing up for um, and what that agency is going to do in particular for you. Not everybody that, that works with an agency will have an, a numerous amount of knowledge when it comes to marketing. I think that... I've been quite lucky with the experience that I've had to, well, especially when we started working with UP, to say, look, this is the the avenues that we want to go down. This is what we want to discuss and this is what we want to target. Let's crack on and let's do it. Whereas I think somebody who is in a similar position to myself, they've almost got to kind of build that relationship up with an agency from scratch. And it can be very, very difficult to do. Again, it's building that trust with people and it's explaining clearly and precisely what it is that that agency is going to do for that customer in a, in a set amount of time or on a, on a specific project. And I don't really think many agencies do, do deliver on their promises, um, whether that's lack of experience or um, trying to hoodwink their clients even to say that we're doing X, X amount of money for you when the client doesn't really know what they're actually signing up for. Cool. I know, um, uh, as as you can probably
0: tell from the way this is, the way this conversation is going. Rob and I obviously know each other quite well. So from from the agency side of things, from um, the uh, w- when we're trying to develop new products, new services, or even if there's just something new that's come out on the market, Rob is the kind of bloke that I can just ring up and say, "Look, we've heard of X, Y, Z, or Facebook said that it's now doing this, or whatever it might be. I have no idea if it's going to work for you, but do you want to give it a go?" And sometimes you come around and say. Nah, and other times you come around and say,
1: "Yeah, all right, then let's just you know let's give it a let's give it a go." So yeah, I think it's it's one of those things. It's about finding the right balance, and I think a lot of marketers, especially if they're working with agencies, do take the lead quite a lot. Mm. Whereas I think a lot of marketing professionals, like marketing executives and marketing managers, should be standing up to agencies uh, and asking them, "What are they doing? What are the new trends when it comes to marketing? What do you think that we should be doing?" And analysing everything from there. And I don't think a lot of marketers really do that effectively. I think the best piece of advice that I could give a marketer is don't be afraid to voice your opinion. If it's not right for you, tell that agency that you're working with that it isn't right and find out why and what it could potentially do. If it isn't right, then again, don't be afraid to express your opinions. That's what you're you're using the marketing agency for. You want them to, to work to your advantage. You want them to grow your business and to generate leads, inquiries, sales, customer contact, customer advocacy, um, all of those different stages within within the normal marketing funnel. You want the agency to be producing valuable campaigns based around all of those those different segments. And again, I keep reiterating it, but I'm one of those people where I'm not afraid to voice my opinion. And if Pete comes up with a crazy idea and I think it works, then absolutely, we'll, we'll jump at it and we'll give it a go. If it doesn't work, then... We've not lost out on anything, but potentially there might be something else that we can tweak to, re- to, to fine-tune things to, to deliver a better result. But likewise, the majority of advice that Pete gives me is the most up-to-date knowledge, and it has worked well to, to us as a business. That's- very flattering of you to say that you're gonna make me blush
0: which works well on a podcast so just just deep diving then a little bit into the process that we had when we started so you you started working here about a year ago didn't you
1: yeah absolutely
0: and one of the first things we did when you brought us on board was we started looking at rather than just looking at all of your customers we started looking at some specific demographics doing a bit more in-depth research into each of those so you don't necessarily need to go into what they all were I mean one of them for example was people with some medical problems to do with their backs or spina bifida type issues
1: Sure.
0: how did that process help you kind of in your wider communications then think about your other marketing strands that that you weren't working with us on did that give you any more clarity did it help you out with other ideas was it easier for you to transfer kind of what we were doing online to what we we're doing offline all of that
1: kind of stuff absolutely yeah I think once you you've defined those those buyer personas and your your different sort of segments that you're looking to target uh, I think it becomes natural for you to to look at different avenues so again i know we keep using the um the sort of medical condition whether it's spina bifida or fibromyalgia or uh, arthritis even as an example those customers are going to, lia- uh, going to engage with something much more effectively if it's specifically tailored to to them um so somebody who suffers from arthritis might not want a, a spa that's designed for for parties and for people to uh, to jump in and have uh, all singing, all dancing music systems, as an example. What they're going to be concentrating on is again the more hydrotherapy. How many jets has it got? How many pumps has it got? Uh, what's it going to do to target their pain more effectively? Um, likewise, again on on the other sort of on the other spectrum, a uh, a holiday let company uh, who. Who who wants to buy a spa has to adhere to new regulations. So again, they're not going to be interested really in, um, again things like music systems. It's going to be how how their guests are going to be feeling, what their guests are going to do to get that sense of wellness from from visiting the property. So all of those different things, I think it's helped me greatly to to understand how different messages work for different different demographics. And I think once you you combine that into into a very very well structured and targeted strategy i think that's when more people liaise with you it's when you get more followers on photo on social media it's when you get more inquiries more sales uh, and again you get more people becoming brand advocates because of that because you have engaged with them throughout the whole uh, whole buyer journey so
0: one of the things we did with you to begin with was as part of that strategy was we we broke it down didn't we so to begin with when when you came here essentially your websites were all e-commerce your messaging was buy a hot tub you you there was there was some some um, demographic sort of theming in place but it wasn't it wasn't a proper strategy but what we worked through was the fact that a hot tub is a considered purchase isn't it i mean you know hmm. you're not you're not talking Sort of tens or hundreds of pounds. You're talking thousands. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, and you know, you, really, guys, you should see some of the swim spas and stuff these guys sell. I mean, they're they're really impressive pieces of kit, mm. but they cost well up to twenty thousand pounds for the ones that you've got you've got here. So we we almost changed tack with some of the marketing from an e-commerce um push through to a lead gen push didn't we and we started running some marketing funnels on fall well in fact even free resources that people could um mm-hmm. just pop their email address in and, and find absolutely um, yeah. and by doing that and taking uh, we then by by taking that approach we then rather than the messaging being buy this the messaging became look do you have this problem well, there's some resources here, or we can have, offer you some advice to help fix that. And you know what? As part of that process, yes, we also sell hot tubs, and here we go. And I know that you've, um, well, particularly as you were heading into the winter where things normally would sort of quieten down, we were running some funnels for you, weren't we? And, and you were having a steady stream of, of orders coming through that.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think that's one of the, the best pieces of advice that I think you've given us, Pete. Um, I think, again, from from a marketing perspective, marketing is never you do something once and then forget about it if it doesn't really work you have to analyze why um and what could you do differently to Im- to improve results and especially like you said Pete with with winter being our our quiet period if you like um we 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 had to find a way to to engage with customers and to to educate and nurture those customers along the buyer journey and i think by doing the whole marketing automation funnel where a customer will get an email once they've downloaded a brochure uh, compared to uh, email 9 when they get a little bit more information about the finance options that we have as an example. I think throughout that that whole buyer journey in that marketing automation funnel we're able to keep our customers educated, informed uh, about latest news, uh, FAQs, what to look at when when it comes to to purchasing hot up So all of those different questions and pain points that, that our customers have were able to answer those so when those customers did come into the showroom eventually they were much stronger and they were ready to buy from us and I think that's crucial for any business no matter what sector no matter what industry that you're in i think if you're if you're educating and nurturing those customers to you then it is going to it's going to strengthen your 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 brand positioning um, not every customer that inquires with a business or whether it's an e-commerce business or or a business to business company is is going to be ready to to purchase or or make an inquiry with you and I think once you get those those details from customers whether it's their email address or a phone number or uh, what product they're interested in I think again you can make sure that when they are ready to buy your your brand sticks in their mind and in terms of brand awareness that's that's absolutely critical.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, have you ever read the book by Russell Brunson, um, "Expert Secrets"? Long, long time ago. Right. Okay. Yeah. So he talks about. Oh, I've got to get this right now. He talks about having uh, doing sort of micro yeses. So when he, even when he's keynote speaking or anything like that, he'll start asking questions of the audience and you know get getting them to already respond yes in their head. So by the time it actually comes to a a pitch for a product or service or whatever he's offering, they've already said yes to him half a dozen times. And it makes that yes a bit easier. It's just this yes, you get getting your wallet out kind of thing. And actually, when we were putting your funnel together, it was dead easy for us to do it. We, we, we sat, we had a chat like this. We didn't record it that time. We basically said, right, so what are the top 10 questions that Customers come in and ask you. So, yeah. whenever somebody's looking to buy a, a hot tub, what are they? And we had questions to do with power. We had questions to do with installation and delivery. We had questions to do with the maintenance of a hot tub and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we just listed them down. We um and then wrote an email sequence that that answered each one of those. And we put some little like gatekeepers in and different little routes through it. But ultimately, the thing was the same. And actually, it was the first three or four emails out of a 10 or 12 email sequence there was no link to buy anything it was no. just here's information no, value. that was
1: it. it's purely valuable content for people i don't think it's, it's a bad thing to do because again it is strengthening strengthening you as a business it's building trust with people so if you're giving people that advice that they need and becoming that almost industry expert again when they are ready to buy it does stick with those people so yeah no I've, i fully fully agree
0: thanks for your time I really appreciate your time on this you've already mentioned one tip that you'd give somebody that's in a marketing role so I'm, mm. part, part of the reach of this podcast are people that are in marketing roles and maybe looking to to move uh, to move into different roles to grow their career or maybe even take the leap into becoming a consultant or working for an agency or something like that so do yeah. you have any kind of nuggets of wisdom from your oh. 30 odd years on oh, this
1: 30 planet? odd years I'm only 29 are you? yeah cheers yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shows you how much Pete pays attention to me. <laughs> yeah. Note,
0: note to self: need to get him a thirtieth card next time. <laughs> oh
1: dear. I think as as my career has progressed, I've always been given different advice from from different mentors and different people. And I think the biggest thing that's always stayed with me is I, I think it, is understanding your why as a business. I mean from from researching into uh, to Simon Sinek as an example if nobody's ever heard of him I'd strongly recommend you go and check him out on YouTube but you can put a link in the show notes yeah no fine but yeah understanding Simon Sinek and why uh, why you do what you do as a business and how that how that's really really powerful and I think any any business no matter what again no matter what industry or sector they're in they have to understand why they do what they do yeah i think it's understanding about your your customers and what they engage with, why you do what you do as a business in particular. But in terms of, in terms of indiv- individual advice, I think, again, as I mentioned earlier, don't be afraid to voice your opinion. Uh, if you think something is going to work, if you think something isn't going to work, if you're giving different advice from people, take a step back and think, is it really going to be beneficial to you? Um, for, for sort of people who are looking at maybe going down the consultancy route, I strongly recommend it. I had really, really good meetings with um with many, many of our clients and it's really really fantastic to to understand about different businesses and what their end goals are and their customers. And I think once you, you start getting into conversations like that, naturally the conversation flows and that's when it becomes really, really productive and you can give advice to to those clients and give give them a give again give them rewarding rewarding information and i think especially if it's more for for marketing executives that are looking to take that that leap or marketing managers looking to sort of take that that next next leap as well i think obviously whatever sector you're in you would have built up that that decent knowledge of that that industry specifically but don't be complacent don't be Um, Don't think you know it all. There's always new things that are emerging when it comes to marketing. So the best advice that I could always give people is research, research, research. Look at the new trends when it comes to marketing. Um, See if it's gonna be a fit for you and your business and you and your marketing strategy. Um, And ultimately, biggest sort of piece of advice that I could give somebody is make sure that you do have that strategy in place. There's been so many businesses that I've met with that don't understand the fundals, fundamentals of marketing, and um, that don't have a marketing strategy in place, that don't have anything tied into their business plan or their business goals. All they expect is they spend uh, an X amount of money and want to generate uh, 500,000 leads a month. When marketing isn't isn't like that, it's about making sure that it adheres to to helping your business grow and. Whether it's helping marketing, whether there's different marketing strategies for your sales team or uh, your customer service team to make them make them perform quicker and, and better and more efficiently, um, make sure you have that strategy in place to, to target all avenues of the business.
0: So Rob, just um, just building on what we've talked about with the funnel. Obviously, you've said your your experience is in digital marketing, which is quite a broad term. Mm. So one of the things we're working on with you is kind of having a, a multifaceted approach to digital, isn't it? So we've got we've got the funnel, which is is one one thing that we do to to attract leads uh, into it, so we can we can converse with those people, build your audience. Um, but do you want to talk us just quickly through the other things that we look at in terms of uh, your digital marketing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the big things that we do look at together is, is obviously Google marketing. Um, I think Google marketing it, it's always been the place and where the majority of our competitors lie and no matter what again no matter what sector you're in, I think the majority of businesses understand what what SEO is um, I think a lot of businesses understand what what pay-per-click is as well uh, whether they're doing that effectively is another is another is another thing. Um, so we have obviously sat down, we've been through a variety of different SEO strategies together. So we've done keyword research, we've done competitor analysis, uh, we've looked at domain authorities for our competitors, what they're doing effectively, uh, what backlinks they've got, um, and what we can do to sort of combat that. Um, I think that's that's one of the big things that we used to look at together, especially when we used to work at the agency. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both of us have got different different experience and different 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 ways of targeting people in Google. But I think the really good thing about working together and building that sort of strategy together is you've got your own advice and I've got my own advice and um, my own my own ideas, should I say? Uh, and I think putting that together on paper and building that strategy around Google marketing was was fantastic. Uh, and I think it should be something that any business does. And I don't think it's one of those things where, again, you should just go to. if you're working with an agency, or if you're if you're going into the marketing consultant role where you're going to be working with clients, I think it's one of those things where the whole way, an SEO strategy or a Google marketing strategy has to revolve around that business's end needs and end goals. Yeah. Um, and ultimately their business plan as well. So, uh, as an example for us, a lot of a lot of very very high end companies sell hot tubs online. So places like uh, Costco and Argos and all of these massive massive retailers. And for us to combat that and to get in front of them is is an absolutely huge task. Well, I think one of the the best things that we've done is is build content, especially so in the form of blog articles. Um, Engaging our customers through various different pain points that they've got. So we mentioned earlier about um, the, the funnel that we put together in and, and how we've been able to answer those those series of questions that people might have uh, and, and we've also done that online as well. So we rank very very highly for certain blog topics mm. um, And we get a lot of traffic to our website for that and again a lot of questions and a lot of leads and inquiries um, and People do convert from that as well. So I think one one of the the best pieces of advice that I can give to 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 somebody who is either in a marketing role or going into a marketing role is don't don't take Google for granted. Don't say to people that you're doing SEO without understanding the concepts of SEO and without sitting down with your client and finding out what it is they're looking to achieve because not everything is going to be right for everybody.
0: So one of the things we... We used to do this when we were at the agency, didn't we? You get you get a new client in. We uh, at, at the agency we worked at, Rob and I both worked in the digital marketing team, so we basically worked with retained clients, didn't we? Yeah. And you'd get a new client in, and they they just committed to spend X amount of money per month with you, and they were really excited to get going, and they they come at it like a rabbit in the headlights. In your first meeting, they'd want to do everything that you mm. offered, and and we had to have that conversation where you step back from from that look at what you're trying to achieve and then actually build it up like um well when we last met i called it like an onion which probably isn't a great analogy (laughs) because it means that your marketing stinks but the uh, sound like shrek (laughs) (laughs) thanks mate i appreciate that but but actually you see onions (laughs) have layers That's the title of the podcast. That's oh, the title great. of this one. Onions have layers. <laughs> Rob White. Onions have layers. Brilliant. Um, so, uh, but yeah, we we didn't. Well, we started with just two or three kind of controlled ideas, didn't we? Yeah. And then ran those for a month, six weeks to get some data back, so that we can analyze that data. Then look at what the next. Uh, well, firstly, if those things need to be changed or modified to optimize those, but then you can add another layer on the top once you understand how that data works, and then you can add another layer on the top of that. And actually, I mean, we've been working together now for a year or so mm. and we've now got mm, six seven eight different avenues of traffic that we're we're getting into your communications definitely but it took us we didn't start with six or seven avenues no, of traffic.
1: no no i think that's one it, it's a massive challenge for businesses and like you said you're absolutely right when when we did used to sit down with those those clients they are very very excited and they do think they're going to get instant results um and again it's about managing their expectations and and finding out what they want to achieve and and giving them honest honest advice. Um, so one of the good things that we used to do is find out from, from that strategy session that we used to hold with businesses, is understanding mm-hmm. what they want, um, who they want to target, the demographics, what issues they're having within their business, uh, what issues they're having within marketing, what have they been investing money on when it comes to marketing. So all of these different questions, it painted a picture for us in the digital marketing team to understand what that customer has been doing and why what they did before didn't really work for them and how we could combat that and make sure that we turned it on that said and it did, it did work. In terms of managing managing people's expectations, you have to be one of those people that can just take a step back, like you said, Pete, and, and let the client know that, well, actually, no, that's not going to be right for you at this stage and doing all of that Together and doing all of that right now, it's just going to lose. It's going to lose sight of the bigger picture.
0: I've got to say, sometimes that is easier to do as an external supplier coming in. It's never a nice conversation to have. No, but it's it's sometimes easier to have that conversation, be a bit more objective about it when you're a supplier coming in than if you're working in a company and you're having that discussion with your boss.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: That's a little bit more challenging, but I think. Ultimately, though, I think the mentality is still right. You know, if if you're starting a new marketing initiative and you, you're you going at it all guns blazing or you're new into a job that... Uh, a, a lot of the work we do is with people that either have no marketing person or one or two marketing people, so very small teams. Sure. And then they're, they're coming in and they're wanting to go hell for leather and, you know, start 25 different streams of marketing all within the first month because now they've got an agency on board and that's what the agency's mm. going to do actually it's that's not the way that's not the right way of going about it you'll end up being data blind that's that's actually absolutely. the reason why we don't don't go for that approach
1: yeah i think it, you're absolutely right in what you're saying i think if you're working with an agency if that agency is giving you honest feedback and saying no we're not going to do that this month but let's look at it again next month once we've got that that data from from something else that we're going to do this month for you that might work a little bit better i think that's one thing to look out for in a very very good agency um because they're not afraid to give you their honest feedback whereas many agencies will just say yes we'll do this yes we'll do this yes we'll do this and then when it comes to the next meeting you have with them they've not done anything for you and your expectations going in say uh, thinking that oh we yeah now we're going to do this now we're going to do this and we're going to do more next month it actually reverberates back on you so even though they've not done it again the next month you're going to have to do it all again so it's going to be twice as much work than what you've what you would expect to to anyway, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, And I think for for people, especially within internal businesses that that hold marketing roles, I think no matter what what job title it is, whether it's a marketing executive who reports to the marketing manager, a marketing manager that might report to the marketing director or the managing director or the CEO, um, sales manager, director, whatever that may be, I think you do have to have those conversations with people um, because at the end of the day it is business and whether that is holding a conversation to say look instead of doing that this month we need to focus on potentially this avenue or rather than doing things this way why don't we think about doing things a little bit differently and doing it like this. Um, I think it's coming to that compromise where you're working together as a team so even though again you mentioned that you might the the, the businesses that you work with might have one or two people in the broader spectrum there might be five six seven people that might be getting involved in marketing but not directly attributed mm. to it Yeah,
0: absolutely there was two uh, two points that came to me uh, while you were talking. one is one is that once you've built up this these multiple layers of marketing, if you're then starting a new campaign, once you've got those in place, by all means, you can then go and you can, you know, you, you can then have uh, launch a new campaign over the six or seven avenues that you've built up over a period of time. Mm. It's not just about, it's not about starting every campaign with one avenue and then a second and then a third. But when you're starting a new, a new project or you're starting a new job, you're starting with a new client. That's really the best way to go about it. And the the second thing was you mentioned about a good agency being the ones that will not always agree with you and say, no, it's a good idea, but we'll, we'll park it, we'll come back to it. Actually, keep your agency honest with those things. Your agency, whilst they should be delivering results and they should be demonstrating value to you at every turn they should also be looking over a period of time to build on those services and say, have you considered this? Have you thought about that? And if your agency isn't having that conversation with you, then you need to be holding them accountable to that too. 100%, 100%, yeah.
1: There's there's so many agencies out there now. Um, Not just necessarily digital marketing agencies, but you've got individual agencies that that say they specialise in different fields. So whether that's video marketing or... Social media or content marketing, inbound marketing, all of the, again, these different avenues, whether again, affiliate marketing, all of those different things, whether you go, whether you no matter what industry or or business that you work with, whether whether it's purely you're doing video marketing, it always has to be the same with every agency you work with. There's always going to be something that needs to be tracked when it comes to marketing or there's always going to be something that that is new or new ideas, new, uh, new experiments that you can do. Again, one of the biggest thing, biggest things with marketing, you can A/B test everything. Mm. And I think no matter no matter what avenue you go down whether it's SEO or pay-per-click, social media, design, you've got all of these different different A/B tests available to you to use. And again, I don't really think many businesses are doing that because they're just pretty much set in their ways whether it is um the owner of the business who's passing things down to the marketing team to say we need to generate more sales and we need to generate more leads and why aren't we getting inquiries coming through? And it could be for a numerous amount of reasons. And I think many, many businesses almost hold their marketing teams back um, to say that, and don't give really, don't give them the flexibility and the creativity to actually do what their job is. And that is to, to ultimately engage with people and to get people interested in the business and i think a lot of a lot of business owners think that that marketing is sales when it's completely the opposite marketing is is designed to attract people's attention and to get brand brand awareness for people it's the salesperson's job to actually convert that that interested person into a customer but again one of the big things to to look at is marketing doesn't just stop at when that customer becomes a customer so that customer can leave you reviews online. They can be a repeat customer. Uh, as an example, our customers, once they buy a hot tub, we don't just leave them to 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 enjoy the hot tub. We constantly—it's not very nice of you. Oh no! Well, we like to keep <laughs> we like to keep in touch with people. It's, it's, it's great marketing, Pete. Um, so we ask for reviews. We ask for videos from them. We ask them to to put content on social media. We send them emails. They look to top up things like their chemicals or they look to buy filters from us so even though that customer's purchased a hot tub from us there will still be different things that they they want to buy or should buy going forward whether it's from us or whether it's from a different company but and it's the same with every business your marketing shouldn't just stop once that customer becomes a customer
0: yeah no absolutely once they become a customer you need to then be thinking All right, how do we make them an advocate because the the best i've not come across an industry yet where the best type of traffic is referral traffic be that or referral enquiries be that You know, you with your hot tubs or e-commerce businesses, um, lead generation businesses, service led businesses, people often uh, group together with like minded people. So if you've converted one person into buying a hot tub or taking a new phone deal or, um, you know, buying a new pair of trainers or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, like uh, it's likely that they are going to mix with people that have similar kinds of needs, wants, desires. Absolutely. talk, Talk the same language, all of that. So, actually, com- uh, encouraging that person to become an advocate and refer you on—it's—it's it's yeah. one of the best things you can do to, to maximise your customer value.
1: Hundred percent. I think one of the biggest sectors that do that very, very well, even though it's a touchy, touchy area, are funeral directors. Funeral directors often get their business through through word of mouth. I I used to manage uh, a funeral funeral director client at, um, at a very, very old agency that I used to work with, and they are the most friendly people that you will get to meet. And a lot of people do have that connotation about the industry where they think it's very, very morbid and they don't really do much marketing. I don't think a lot of a lot of people understand what marketing funeral directors do, but it's very, very clever the way they do things. And even though it's very, mm-hmm. very sensitive that somebody has has passed away, they do conduct a service at the end of the day. And the way they conduct themselves and the way that... Um, the way that that day goes is their their livelihood and it presents them in a very very good way where it sticks in your mind and that is fantastic brand awareness
0: absolutely I used to work at at a um at a undertaker's when when I was a student I had a summer job working at undertakers but most of the stories from there probably aren't broadcastable so we'd have to discuss those over a beer
1: um that's a plug that's a plug me for a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. It's good marketing.
0: Well, thanks for your time, mate. If um if anybody wants to get in touch with you, um, we, by the way, we've got a Facebook group which I'll add you into. Oh, great! So you you can be a friend of mine in there, so people will be able to get hold of you in the Facebook group. But um, if anybody did want to get hold of you, uh, what what's the best place to connect with you on?
1: Uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is probably the best place to get hold of me if you've got any questions or um if you want to buy a hot tub, um. Yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, ask as many questions as as you'd like, um, however personal they may be. Um, really, he doesn't mind if you go
0: very personal. No, no, absolutely not. I think it's a joy of networking. That that, that that could be one of the next the next. Well, I might I might get you to actually guest host your own personal episode of the podcast, and you can share
1: some of your. No,
0: maybe not. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I don't not. think that one will get off the cutting room no. floor. Somehow,
1: you see what I mean. That's what we said earlier. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to voice your opinion. No, Pete. <laughs> Brilliant. Cheers, mate. No problem. Thanks, Pete.
0: So there you have it. Episode one in the camp. Show notes for the episode can be found at PeteEveritt.com forward slash 001. And before we go, I would like to just remind you about our Facebook group, which you can find at PeteEveritt.com forward slash group and it will forward you over to Facebook. We'd love to see you in the community and to to build some friendships and to to have some real conversations in there. Next week, we're speaking to another Rob, Rob Watson, who will be looking at the differences in life between working for international conglomerate organisations and then scaling right the way down working as a freelancer with SMEs uh, again here in the UK. So we look forward to seeing you next week and uh, exploring that episode with you too.